Good morning, Quarantine Land. This is your host, AJ Handenberg, coming to you with another story from the Decameron. If you're wondering what I'm doing, you can check out the intro to Decameron episode a couple episodes ago. I'm just bringing stories to you while you are in quarantine. And this is story number three from day one. So, after the second story was finished, a, a young woman named Philomena spoke up. And she said, Well, we've talked about the things of heaven, and I think it's time, folks, to talk a little bit about the things of earth. And after my story, maybe you'll be a little more cautious about how you respond to questions that are put to you. Now, we all know that stupidity can bring you, bring you from a place of complete felicity, total happiness, into utter misery. And we also pretty much know that intelligence can raise you from that misery and help you to avoid all sorts of dangers and put you in a position of peace. Now, the stupidity thing's pretty obvious. I don't think I have to prove it, but hopefully with one story, I can show you how intelligence can get the job done. Now, Saladin, the the great conqueror. Now, pause. Uh, listener, if you're interested in Saladin, you might go check out our previous episode on the Templars. He was a pretty interesting fella, and it's, it's a great little story. So, Saladin, interesting guy. Go check him out. Time of the Crusades. It was, it's awesome. Okay, so Saladin had raised himself up from humble beginnings to become a great conqueror, sultan of Babylon. He had victories over kings, both Saracen and Christian alike. And as is wont to happen to conquerors, occasionally they need cash. They need dough. They gotta have a little money to fund their armies and campaigns. Now, he knew of a guy, his, his friend, a, a rich Jewish fella named Melchizedek, who lent money in Alexandria. And he, he thought that Melchizedek could lend him the money. But Melchizedek was so miserly that Saladin didn't think he would give it up by choice of his own free will. And Saladin didn't really want to force the guy, so he went back and forth and eventually decided on force. But force against his reason, right? Or force disguised as reason rather than physical force. So he brings Melchizedek to his, to his tents or his palace and he says, Well, Melchizedek, you are a worthy man. And many have told me of your wisdom and deep knowledge of the things of God. Now, I got a question for you. Which of the three laws... Jewish, Saracen, or Christian, which one do you think is the true one? Now, Melchizedek knew that Saladin was up to something, and it seems pretty obvious to me that anybody would, if you're brought by the great, you know, great conqueror Saladin, you have loads of cash, and then he asks you a question, and he's probably up to something. But he, Melchizedek knew he was up to something, and he didn't want to give Saladin what he was looking for. He didn't want to kind of fall into his trap. So he, he racked his brains, he got real smart, And he said, now, Saladin, I seem to remember a story about a great and wealthy man who had a very precious ring. It was one of the best things in his treasury treasury and among the finest jewels they had. Now, he wanted to do the ring the honor of giving it to his descendants in perpetuity, right? Handing it down through his family. So he announced that he would bequeath it to one of his sons and that whatever son received the ring would be considered his heir and head of the family and nobody could question it. Now, he did this, and so did his son, and so did his son, and so it went all the way down through many generations as a tradition. Kid who got the ring, he was the guy in charge. Till it hit one father, who happened to have three really great sons. They were all awesome. They were good-looking, they were strapping, they were good at dodgeball and tetherball. They were, you know, 
They were virtuous, wonderful kids, all obedient and awesome. And the guy couldn't make up his mind who to give it to. And what's worse, he kind of wanted to please all three and had promised it to all three. So instead of give it to one, what he did was he made a couple of copies. Now, the three rings were almost indistinguishable. The copies were excellent and made by a master jeweler. And so when his sons came and asked him for the ring, he gave each one a ring privately to please them all. And then when he died, and by the way, listener, I get... Who, who, who saw it coming that this might not go right? You know what I mean? Oh my word. Uh, yeah, that's not going to lead to problems. Okay, so anyway, after he died, all three sons claimed prominence, but denied the claims of the others until they kind of got together and compared the rings, and nobody really knew which was the true heir. And it stays like that. And I feel like, I'm, I'm jumping out, this is AJ, AJ talking again. I feel like that's he's glossing over a lot of strife here that probably happened in the kingdom between three sons who all thought they had claim to their father's inheritance, that sort of thing. But in any case, he just sort of glosses over that and says that it's this way still, right? Nobody knows who is the heir. And so Melchizedek says to Saladin, he says, I say the same thing about the three laws. Each believes itself to be the rightful, or about the three, the three traditions. Each tradition believes itself to be the rightful possessor of God's inheritance, true law, and commandments. But as with the ring, the question of who is right is still pending. Now, Saladin was pretty impressed. He's like, dang, man, you kind of nailed that one. You, you sure dodged my question. So, by the way, I was planning on taking all your money from you. And he just kind of came out and said what he was doing and that he was kind of trying to trick him into it. And then he just asked for the money. Saladin was like, hey man, can you help Can you help me out? Can you give me some of that cash you got? And not only did Mel- Melchizedek give him every penny that he asked for, but it was repaid in kind. Saladin put him in a position of high, or in a high position and honored him well, gave him lots of gifts. And then the two became lifelong friends. And that's the end of the story. This one was a quick one. It was like five pages long uh, on my nice little Kindle, which is a wonderful product. We're not getting plugged by them, but I like Kindles. You should get one. It's great. Uh, in any case, yeah, it was a short story. What is sort of becoming notable to me is the the clear anti-Semitic bent that our writer seems to have. Perhaps it was the attitude of the time that, um, that Jewish folks were wealthy and miserly, but it seems to be a theme in the stories we've hit, we've hit thus far. So just a note to our listener, this is not an attitude held by the men of classical stuff, but it was certainly a prejudice back then. So uh, I warn you against that. Don't, don't be prejudiced. It's not cool. Okay, it's late. I'm going to bed. Thanks for listening. I'll have more stories for you tomorrow. Tomorrow.